draft. I, I define League MX as the shoot your shot league. You do expect higher performances and better things from Club Americas, but it's the inconsistency. With the what is it with the inconsistent, though? I will maintain that the U.S. men's national team came out to the knockout round despite terrible coaching. Like, do they have a student discount, maybe, to go to a games? Like, they got it, right? No. <laughs> to take that next step, I think it's still undisputed that you have to go to Europe. He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the No, look back at highlights. That, no, that's, if that's you the have... Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to and... have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Welcome back to the Real Football Show. I'm Gino Ganello, joined as always by Edwin Garcia. It's a beautiful day outside. I am in the beautiful Minute Media New York offices over here. So if I'm a little quieter than typical, that is why. I'm not trying to, you know, <laughs> startle anybody here. Here, and we might get in some controversial arguments, but um, no. But uh, it's a beautiful day outside, and it was another great week of MLS soccer. Rivalry week. We've had some U.S. Open Cup games last uh, last night. Uh, but before we get into all that, um, and in the League MX, of course, as well, Edwin, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's a beautiful day outside in New York, uh, down here in sunny South Florida. It's a little overcast, but it's all right. But what do I know? I'm indoors, so I can't. You know, I'm, I'm going to do the show remotely from uh, from outside one of these days. I'm just going to hang out in like a, I should. You know what? I should take like the setup and sit inside like a goal. Right, like at the local park, and just sit there and just have <laughs> yeah. guys shooting balls around me everywhere. So that might yeah. be some, that might be a good time. But no, I'm excited, man. It was a good week. I'm all cleaned up and and and, and more presentable for you today. So you know, I thought it was. Yeah, I got to take this a little more serious and <laughs> put a better uh, better face forward. But yeah, it's great week, man. I'm excited and uh, let's get to it, man. Let's have a let's have a great show. Yeah, man. I even wore a collared shirt for this, so you know. I know. Yeah, uh, I, I was gonna mention day. that. Gonna be fancy I was today, gonna you know? mention that. Yeah. Was, you look good. <laughs> Did my look hair? Good. I'm not wearing a hat today. You know. So it's 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 all, hey. uh, all coming together. Both of it's us. Memorial both day of us. Weekend no this week. Yeah. Memorial Day weekend look. coming up in the U.S. So it's it's uh you know it's <laughs> it's it's unofficial start of summer. Yep. It is. But, it, um, is it is. But for with the MLS, though, uh, it was a big week. Rivalry week continued on on Saturday. Uh, last time we spoke was, I believe, Tuesday. And mm-hmm. that was before match day 13. Um, so we've had two match days in the course of this past week, as well as Open Cup games. So a lot going on. A lot going on. But I think the biggest story, or one of the biggest stories, the biggest standout, um, was Cincinnati. That was the biggest question mark, right? Were they going to be able to assert their dominance this week when they had two games where they could take over first place in the East, take over first place in the Supporters' Shield standings, and also, um, you know, it, just again, you know, beat a team in Montreal that they should be beating and and have that solid game like you mentioned. And they did. They beat them 3-0. Then they went on to win the Hell is Real Derby 3-2 over uh, Columbus. Uh, your opinions on this Cincinnati team? Have they finally exercised some of the demons that they had towards the beginning of the season, and now do they find themselves in a in a position where many expect them to be? I I'll give them credit for continuing to do what they've done pretty well all season, which is get the points, whether it's a win or a draw. Beat these teams you got to beat. Uh, when it comes to that, I'll give them props. This game against Columbus this week was a big deal. A lot on the line here. Hell is real, which we just found out before the show was. I, I had no idea where the name came from or why it's called that. Uh, but I, I'm still on the fence about them being that dominant team. You know what I'm saying? Like I still haven't seen it. the game started like it. It was two nothing in favor of of Cincinnati and I was like all right let's go here we go give me a little you know a little Brandon Vasquez coming in here and scoring one I didn't see the Brandon Vasquez goal I didn't see the Brandon Vasquez game and then typical Cincinnati this season they let two go in and all of a sudden they're tied to two you know what I mean so that's where I'm kind of like did I see them separate themselves maybe in the standings and as a team and and, and getting the points but do I see them like inching closer to that LAFC status, which is you know on the opposite end of uh, of the standings over on the other coast? That's that's the class. Are they in there? 
I didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, I felt, uh, listen, I mean, this Cincinnati team, they've had struggles all year scoring goals, right? They haven't been able yeah. to really, everybody when they when they came into this season was expecting them with the front line of Brenner, Lucho Costa, and, and Brandon Vasquez, they all expected them to score a lot of goals. And the question marks were, as I've repeatedly said, defense. Uh, and they seemed to have the defense at the beginning of the season, but it was scoring goals that became the problem. And then they lost Brenner. And there was question marks about how they were going to be able to put the ball in the back of the net when their top guys were not performing at the level that everyone expected them to. This week, they come out, they score six goals in two games. Defensively, a little bit of a defensive mishap. You watch the Columbus game. I mean, it was so funny because I was watching this game and and I turned it on in like the 25th minute after Lucho's cost that scored both goals. And it was almost at the exact that exact point that Columbus started to play really well. They figured it out. They score a couple goals or whatever. I stopped watching for literally 10 minutes to go get something. <laughs> and Cincinnati score a goal. And then I come back and then Columbus has all the possession again. It was like, if, if I would have watched that game and knew nothing else, I would have thought Columbus, like no score, whatever. I would have been like, Columbus blew them out. This was, yeah. so I get what you're saying. I get what you're that, saying. But So you're also the reason why it, you know, so we can officially say yes. it's you leaving and doing that. That's the whole reason we're having this discussion here. Had you watched the whole game start to finish, might have had a different, you know, could have fair. been celebrating a little more. But okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair. But yes. But yeah, I do think that the Cincinnati team is finally, you know, they're scoring goals. They ha- they've only lost one game all season. The only game they've lost all season in all competitions has yeah. been to St. Louis City uh, in the third game of the season where they got that absolute drubbing five to one. Yeah. Uh, and I feel bad, like hating Coast. on them for it. You know what I mean? Like I, 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 I want to praise them, but again, going back to what was stated at the beginning, we had high hopes from this team. And it feels like, even though they've only had one loss, it feels like this team, uh, I, God, I don't have the record in front of me right now, but uh, whatever the record is, even with that one loss, you switch yeah. a couple of these scores and just add a goal here, it'd be completely different, and it'd be somewhere middle bottom of the standings. You know what I mean? So I for sure, that's where, for sure. That's where I, my my nitpickiness comes from. For sure, they're nine three and one right now. They currently have a five point lead on Nashville. Uh, they they have thirty points. The first team to reach thirty points in all of MLS. Uh, Nashville yep. have twenty five, um, but Nashville has played one more game, so um, they could even extend that lead even more over Nashville with that extra game. Um, I don't know. The, the thing for me is, again, defensively, they have given up the third least goals out of any team. And they're one of only three teams to have scored 20 goals this season. So, you know, yeah, a lot of the games have been very close. Their goal differential isn't as good as some of some other teams. Um, it's yeah. still very good, but it, it's not, you know, but Nashville actually has a better goal differential because they've scored 19 goals and only given up nine. But, um, I just think that we're starting to see the complete Cincinnati team, the Cincinnati team that a lot of us were expecting to see defensively and offensively. And listen, you know, we're going to have, they're going to have, you know, some struggles here and there. It's, you know, they're not going to go and win every single game the rest of the season. But um, I think them starting to score goals is a really good sign for them because up until this point, it's, it's been a struggle. And, and now they finally are starting to see the ball go back in the net and that might give them confidence now moving forward. Um, as they continue on on this journey, um, but we'll see. A uh, question from the back here, uh, yes, Mr. 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 Ganello, can can this type of run be sustained for Cincinnati without getting the contributions that you expected from your premier striker and Brandon Vasquez? Can they continue this run throughout the whole season without getting that production because they haven't had it? And it definitely, has, yeah. they haven't had it consistently and they have barely had it at all all season from their best player. This is what I'll, this is what I'll say, right? I, I think a lot of things are opening up for Lucho Costa right now because a lot of focus is on Brandon Vasquez. Once that sh- focus then shifts to Acosta, maybe it'll open up some things on Vasquez. I mean, Acosta getting into the spaces that he gets into is good for Vasquez in the long term because it'll open up things. Defenses will start to step up to Acosta Instead of worrying about Vasquez, space will open up behind. Vasquez will be able to run in and score goals. It does worry me again. Still worries me that he's not scoring a ton of goals. We need to see him score more goals because 
Um, you know, it, it, it was expected that he was going to be this super striker before the start of the season, and he was going to go on another tear, and he hasn't. And, and even when you look back to last season, if I remember correctly, Brandon Vasquez had a lot of games where it was like chunks of goals, like streaks. Like he'd score yeah. like 10 goals in five games, and then he wouldn't score a goal for like three games or whatever. So it, it, it may take, you know, maybe, you know, a couple more weeks. He might have, who knows, he might have six more goals in a couple weeks. But what we're seeing right now from Van Brandon Vasquez is not encouraging from him. And I think if defenses can figure out how to shut them both down, Lucho Costa and Brandon Vasquez, or Brandon Vasquez just isn't the guy that we think he is, then that's going to be a problem for the Cincinnati team because they've gotten goals from other places. Yeah. But this week specifically, we saw that this team is significantly better, <laughs> obviously, when their two yeah. top guys are scoring. No, you're you're hey, you're hundred percent right on the Lucho Acosta. He has stepped up. He's been the guy who we've we've circled him from before the season, and we knew about him last season. And he comes in with a certain expectation that hey, we're expecting a lot from you. You're one of our main guys, you know. And he's delivered this season. But it's we're what we're can we say what a third of the way through the season already? Like we've been about, we got yeah, a yeah. good sample size, right? We've had a good sample size, and I believe here, I think he's got what three goals on the season, if that. I don't even know if they were all in how many of those are regular season or if those were um uh cup goals. I I don't have the yeah. breakdown here in front of me, but again, this is a guy who is on the radar for national team. Okay, who did we just get last week? You know, we just got a big flow just joined the squad right now. And if you can't separate yourself on MLS and in your own your own team here and you're not, you know, showing yourself as the main goal scoring threat, even if you're not scoring the goals, but you're being a threat like we just haven't seen that game. And again, I look, I don't like Jordan Morris. I don't want him to succeed. I want Brandon Vasquez to succeed. I like Brandon Vasquez. I think it's a great story. I want that that I want him to 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 have all these great things happen to him but I'm 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 you know I'm slamming that panic button a little bit I'm worried because I see what's going on on the national team big picture you got a big guy coming in who's you know one of the top goal scorers in league on and all of a sudden you're over here struggling in MLS this is it's not looking good for my boy it's not looking good for my boy we got a good sample size as well so I'm hoping he'll turn it around and we can see some changes but I'm a little, mm -hmm. but again, props to Lucho Acosta and the other, the rest of the team for carrying it. Because that's another thing. When you go into a season and you're in a team atmosphere like this, and you know that your main guy is, is not struggling, but yet at the end of the day, you're five points clear in the East. You guys are doing something right. So I'll give props to Cincinnati, to the whole team, the whole squad there. Uh, disappointed in New England fading off here. They were, they've been battling all season. And now all of a sudden mm -hmm. they're five points behind in a matter of a week. And that's a big sh that's a big shift for six them. Points, six points because they're on 24 oh, six points, points right yeah, now. Yeah, they're on 24. So, yeah, I, I, I'll see it as that. But, again, um, oh, and and again, I'm, I'm, I don't want to be the Cincinnati hater. I'm just pointing out some stuff here. Props again. And I, I didn't give them props when I said that, you know, they didn't have that game this week. But they did have it, you know, last week when they did beat a good Montreal team 3-0. So, mm -hmm. I'll give them yeah. props to that. But this was – if I wanted – a good game from either the Montreal or the, or the, or the Derby game. I wanted to see it in the Derby. So again, just, I got, I got expectations of you, Cincinnati. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I think you guys can do well over here. Right. And again, I think the biggest thing to take out from these two games too, or one of the other big things to take out from these two games is that Cincinnati now is eight. No at home. They've started the season eight with eight straight Ooh. victories at home, uh, which is the third MLS team in history to do so. Um, so wow. they found a way to be successful at home, which is very good. And again, they're yeah, not, it's absolutely. not like they're losing on the road. Like other teams we've talked about, um, they're playing very well, uh, on the road as well. Um, I, I think the good thing for Cincinnati, I don't think Lucho Costa or Brandon Vasquez is going anywhere this summer. Whereas at the beginning of the season, you could see Brenner going somewhere and you could have probably seen Brandon Vasquez leaving as well. Cincinnati yeah, yeah. is probably going to hold on to both of them based on on their forms right now. Um, and and if you're trying to be optimistic, Brandon Vasquez scored 11 of his 18 goal or 19 goals last year after the middle of June. So okay. 
So he might still be able to get it going. There's hope. There's hope that he'll get it there's going. Hope. But from what we've seen so far in the first 14 games, you would have hoped he would have built off something from last season and hasn't really been that. Um, yeah. But moving forward, we've talked about teams who can win at home but not on the road. One of those teams. We've talked about hope, and now we're talking about we've talked about hope. no hope. <laughs> Inter-Miami. We need to talk about the situation as a whole here. Um Air Miami yeah. go into this past week losing a match and then they lose midweek. Um, they lose midweek and then lose again on the weekend to Orlando City. Uh, that they lost that game three one. Um, after that game, it was a bit of fireworks. It seems. It, it was let's let's preface it by saying it, it kind of was let off. I think there was a lot of built up steam by the fans. And I'm not sure this helped. So let me play this clip from Phil Neville this past weekend. This was after their loss to Cincinnati, or excuse me, Orlando City. Uh, their three-one loss. This was in the press conference afterwards. We 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 won five. We. Can I finish speaking? Are, are you going to interrupt? Can I finish speaking? Okay, because I don't interrupt your question. Okay, so don't interrupt mine. Show some fucking respect. So. Sorry for the language. The in in the sorry. What was the question? Ask me the question again, please, Franco. <laughs> so that happened after the press conference. Um, obviously, Ooh. I'm sure people who are watching this now have seen that already uh, because it, it did. Um, it did. Made the rounds. Make the rounds. Um, and, and, and Neville did, after the U.S. Open Cup game, there's reporters there have said that that he did kind of like play it off lightheartedly, say, you know, his, his mom had kind of, you know, reprimanded him, like saying you can't be doing that. So, you know, I, I, I obviously I, I think to the reporters, he kind of apologized for his actions there, but it did kind of spark this reaction from the fan base. Oh yeah, I mean you can speak more on it because you're down there. But the 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 main groups, I think Vice City came out. It's been very vocal now about Neville out. Um, they did win last night. It was against Nashville's B team, but yep. they did win last night two to one in the U.S. Open Cup round of sixteen. So they'll be going on the quarterfinals. Edwin, let's start with this. Give me your thoughts. Yeah. On what the on the Inter Miami situation right now, uh, and let's start with the fans. Are they right to feel the way do about Inter Miami and Phil Neville? I'll give you the pulse of this whole city and what they're feeling right now. Okay, uh, if you look across, we have the Miami Heat on the verge of the uh, NBA Finals game away. We have the Stanley Cup uh, going uh, with the Florida Panthers. We got the playoffs going there on the verge of uh, if they win tonight, they'll be in the Stanley Cup Finals. So you got a lot of success here. The Dolphins have as much hype as they've had in a long, long time. Marlins, I can't speak for, but they're actually having not too bad of a season for their standards. Um, there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of expectations. We've always, I've always said that unfair expectations to be an Inter Miami player. But with that, you know this. You know this when Phil took the job. You knew you had to deliver. And the problem is people are seeing. Not so much what he's delivering, but more the deficiencies in his methods and the fact that they just there's no tactical creativity. Last night they played against a Nashville team that they lost to last week. Um, they lost to two one in Nashville when both teams had their A teams out there, and then they barely won last night two one. Inter Miami did with their A team playing against a B team. It's been looking at their string of games here. It's been two one two one two one two one three one. That's that's how it is. So it, it, we're not getting. Where the same things I'm criticizing Cincinnati for, not having those games, Miami hasn't had it. They're not doing it. Orlando came through this weekend. That's a derby game. They really wanted to see some stuff out there. The the fans wanted And attendance is up in Miami 35% over last year so far this season. That's the numbers. That's a, it's a, It was released this week. So the people are there. The fan support is there. But the team performance is just it's dreadful. You know, we haven't seen those flashes. Part of it to blame Joseph Martinez. We put up, we banked a lot on him, and he's not, you know, a hundred percent yet. Leo Campana took forever to get on the field to to be, you know, physically fit, and he's just getting back into it. 
We've had some injuries. I get it, but this is you, you can't do this. And then to top it off, you can't go to a press conference, okay? Get asked a question, which uh, I don't know if you know if you heard what the question was, if you know the context I, of it. So, so there's another reporter named Ian Hest who uh, had asked a question midweek. He's a local guy here. He does um, for the Palm Beach Post. He asked a question to Campana during the week at a at a practice. And he asked him about the tactics and stuff like that. And he was he was just saying that he disagreed with some of the stuff. OK, that was the, the in general. And he then he was uh, at the press conference. They asked Phil about it. And apparently Phil didn't know what this guy had said. And he was getting agitated by the question. Like, you know, like you're just trying to pull a fast one on me. But the icing on the cake is he go. You can't go. You can't go off on the media guy. Okay, and Franco, the guy who asked the question that he went off on, nice guy, didn't say anything rude, that wasn't being, you know, uh, disrespectful in any way. After he asked the question, Phil started asking. He just added a little more to his question, like, hey, oh, this, that. And then Phil just obviously the signs of a guy who's fearful that he's going to lose his job, that he's in the hot seat, that he's having all these bad things. He snapped, says, you know, hey, you know, show some effing respect here, which you can't do. Bad look all around. But then the, the thing that made it go viral yesterday and the thing that really just made everybody scratch their head is like, you can't do that. Treat the guy like crap and then say, sorry, Franco, what was the question again? Like at that point, you just dismiss the guy and move on to the next one, because now you just lost all that, you know, bravado that you just had in, yeah. in, in trying to stand up to the reporter. And now it's like, oh, and man, that's just that's how it's been. That's Phil Neville, you know, his his tenure here. That's what uh, unfortunately, that's what people are going to remember. That's the stuff that – and with every day that passes, you forget what a good job he did last season turning around a Gonzalo Higuain and everything because all that stuff just fades to memory, fades to the back now. And what we're seeing is, you know, telling a, a reporter, hey, uh, what was that question again? I'm sorry. Be polite to him after you just cursed him out. Like, I just head-scratching all around, man. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 I saw somebody on Twitter too. They are like, oh, can we get some context to this? For some context on this. He was asked a question, and in the middle of the question that he was asked, he interrupted the reporter who was asking the question, then got to this point, and then got mad that he was going to ask another question when he thought he was like done answering. So obviously agitated by the whole thing. Yeah. I, I think, I, I think, yeah, I think the fans have every right to be because as we talked about at the beginning of the season, this team should be top four quality. Yeah, with the with the the quality of talent that they have, they should be in the top four. You yep. look at all the other teams and how they performed. Their space for into Miami with the quality of the squad they have in the top four, but they're not being coached to the level that would help them succeed there. And I think it's right for fans to be angry at Phil Neville, um, and, and I think it's right for fans to want a change. I I, I think it's you know. He's getting a longer leash than I think a lot of a lot of other managers would get in his current situation. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's definitely milking that Beckham friendship. Like, yeah, yeah. Right, come on, man, I'm your boy. I'm your boy. Take it easy on me. Give me, give me another week. Give me another week. You know, like that's yeah. what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely getting more of a uh, a leash. But I mean, every time they go out there, and especially against an Orlando team that has not been good this season. No. And Orlando team has been underperforming. They should not have lost 3-1 to Orlando and they lost 3-1 to Orlando um at home, mind you. You know, it, it's it's a bad it's a bad look all around. And and again, they did get the win this week against Nashville, but it has to be better in MLS games, not against B teams that you're playing in the US Open Cup. Yeah. Now, so, let me let me ask you though real quick. So He's obviously taking the U.S. Open Cup very serious because he's very, throwing and he, out. And he's, he said it yesterday. He said yeah. it in the press conference yesterday that that we take this competition very seriously and that we will play all of our starters all Which the time. I applaud. I applaud. That's what I want to see all the teams do. Unlike, yeah. you know, Nashville yesterday and LAFC last night, too. We'll get more on that later. They're just, you know, yeah. not putting out their best players. But again, LAFC, I'll give them a pass. They just don't want to go for the treble. Fine. You want to go for a double. It's yeah. Um, but with uh, with Inter Miami here, can you see a situation here where the, the regular season struggles will continue? You know, it'll fluctuate up and down and stuff like that. But they're in the final eight of the U.S. Open Cup run. One more win. And I 
there's a possibility because the next game they'll be on the road. I remember hearing on the broadcast last night, the next game they'll be on the road. Depending on the outcome of a game tonight, they could be at a USL team. I believe it was Birmingham yes. or something that's in. Birmingham so, is playing Charlotte tonight, yes. That's what it is. So though let's say let's say Birmingham, which you know is taking this uh game serious, right? They're, they all these USL teams take it very serious. Let's say they pull off the upset, they beat Charlotte. Now you got an Inter Miami versus USL team. Inter Miami potentially should win that game, right? They could you could have Phil Neville here on the final final four of the biggest uh, cup competition in the states here while his team is sinking in the standings and he could make the run and this could just be more madness and more chaos for for inner miami like i just i can't believe it. it i'm rooting for it though the guy's a content machine so give it to us man it absolutely reeks of wigan wigan winning the fa yeah. cup a few uh, a while back and yeah. then getting relegated like that's i mean they're in 12th <laughs> right now they're in 12th right now two points above 15th in the east and yep. it, it's it's very possible that they could stay in that area and win the U.S. Open Cup. So that would it, be fantastic. It's, it's very funny, very funny. I'm but, all um, for it, though. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm all for it too. Is there? I mean, at this point, we've seen it so much. What gets Phil Neville the boot at this point? Like, where does he stand right now in terms of his leash? I mean, again, we've seen a longer leash than. We've expected than we would see with any other manager in any other situation. When is it time for Phil Neville to go? When do we reach that point? Well, going off precedent here, he survived a six-game stink cloud, you know? So he just reset that. So he's back at zero. So essentially, let's see, six weeks <laughs> from now, six games from now, let's see, there's Montreal, there's New York, D.C., New England, Philly, Austin. Okay, I'll say... If uh if this if something happens, it's probably gonna be Fourth of July weekend. I think that'll probably be his uh that's the time frame there. I, I don't think he could survive six games again. So I'm gonna say yeah, if he loses I mean, six more games, that'll be the Austin game July first. Then we'll uh we'll we'll be having a fun show after that of you know Neville getting canned. But and and Neville's a nice guy again. I've I've met him, yeah. I've talked to him, nice guy, but you know, not everybody who's a nice guy is, you know, a good coach. So uh um, for sure. For sure, and I loved him at Everton. Yeah. He was great at Everton, but he's yeah. you know, like you said, not all not all great players are good coaches. Um, and I mean, for me, I think it's if they bow out of the U.S. Open Cup, oh, like yeah. if they go out in the round of eight or yeah. in the quarterfinals, and then they also, um, they they also like are still on this up and down stretch. I think that's that's the point. If they lose in the next round and they're still in like twelfth or thirteenth, I think that's when you gotta. You now gotta, there is there is an ace up the sleeve. You know there is a wild card that could happen here that could mm -hmm. change everything. Mm -hmm. It's a you know a short little Argentine guy who's living in Paris right now. That I mean, you, like if you're Lionel Messi though, there's no shot on the planet. You look at Inter Miami, you're like you. That's that's where I want to go. Of why? Why it is, dude? I mean, I, look, hey, everybody knows the sales pitch. It's it's Florida. There's no sales tax. These rich guys love to make money. He's gonna have a little more anonymity. Is that the right word? Yeah, he's gonna be probably. a little more anonymous here. My my, my vocabulary is yeah. all over the place. But he's gonna have a little more. He's gonna be able to go out at night sometimes. And be able to make like a run to the pharmacy and get like some medicine or something like that without being bombarded <laughs> by a mob of people. Um, he's gonna have, he's gonna be playing in a place. And it, again, the thing with Messi to Miami, it's not about money, it's about wealth. Okay. That's what I've said from the start. That team is the, uh, of all the options on the table, that's the option for him that's going to give him the most wealth. And believe it or not, more wealth he'll get from that than he will from that 400 million a year uh contract that he's going to get from from uh what is I can't uh the team in Saudi uh, Arabia. Al I don't know, something. it's not El Al Nassar. Al Nassar is yeah. the team that I think plays for or Ronaldo. That's Ronaldo's team. Yeah, it's the yeah. team that's above him right now in the standings. I think Ronaldo's <laughs> team is second. So, anyway, they're offering him like 400 million a season to play over there. But the Inter Miami contract is actually based on wealth and not money. You know what I mean? There's 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 incredible revenue streams that he's gonna get. There's yeah. gonna be ownership uh, stakes. We just had a team. Was it last week that was announced at MLS? Um, the San Diego franchise that was officially announced yeah. last week. The uh, the gentleman who paid for that five hundred million he paid just to get an expansion right on it. 
which yeah. put that into context. David Beckham only paid twenty five million when he got mm-hmm. into Miami back in twenty twelve. So these, you know, these franchises, uh, LAFC right now worth over a billion, highest, uh, highest, uh, most expensive club in MLS. So there's there's a financial um, statistic to this offer that is hard to ignore. That there's true wealth in what he's getting. So we'll see. What, so I uh, think I, I think what we're getting to is the only hope that Inter Miami fans have that <laughs> Phil Neville leaves. Is that in, that Lionel Messi comes over and says, "I don't want to play for that guy." Yeah, and, but I don't think David that's happening. Like, sure. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, that was my long-winded answer there. Sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, if if Messi shows up, because honestly, this season we're really missing the the absence of uh, uh, Pozuelo from last season. When he came yeah, in, yeah, he really sure. locked down that middle of the field, and we haven't had that all season. So, for sure, hopefully. For sure. Come on, Messi, come over. Yeah, listen, we, we've talked about who could be in the top, how Inter-Miami should be in the top four of the East, probably, with the quality they have. But I want to ask you, you know, we've seen a bunch now. We've seen a bunch of games yeah. where, what, we've talked about a third of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, we've seen all these teams play, and specifically the East seems to be the more interesting of the conferences. They seem to have just like a jumble of, of whether it be near the bottom of the playoffs or, or near the top of the table. It, it all seems to be all over the place, constantly changing. Yeah. So my question to you is based on what we've seen now, 14 games in, how teams are playing right now. How does your top four in the East shape up? Is it equal to what the it actually says in the Eastern Conference table, or is it different? Looking at the conference table, Cincinnati, Nashville, New England, Atlanta, that's your top four. Philadelphia is a point off the top four at 21 points, uh, one point behind Atlanta. I I look at this, and I think... I like I like Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati's gonna be there, but I don't think they'll be top. I think New England's gonna continue to slide. Atlanta, I love Atlanta. We both love Atlanta, but when you take out one of their big players, whether it's Gigi, whether it's Almada, and now they lost Araujo, who's gonna be gone uh, come June. Uh, I I can't see them sustaining that. They're a whole other team. That's the most Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde team that there is in the East. I feel like they're gonna fall out. I got two teams that I think are going to be one and two, and they're and it's one of them is not in the top four, which is Philadelphia. I think Philadelphia is is that team again. I look at where you've been and how you're doing now. Okay, where you've been? That was the Eastern Conference champion last season. They didn't lose anybody. They got they got off to a bad start, but that's a great coach team, a great franchise, a great structure, a great team. Good players. Carranza is 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 stepping up. Gazdag is stepping up. Kai Wagner. All their studs are playing well. They're a team that has all the elements. I think that they've just been slowly climbing their way back up. And I think at the end of the season, they're going to be two. I think they're going to be in second place. The team I think is going to win the East. Man, I like Nashville. I like Nashville a lot. Hani Mukhtar is. Again, every week he's getting stronger and stronger and finding that form. He was the MVP last season. It's hard to ignore. Nashville is a team that I think at the end of the season will be tops in the East, followed by Philadelphia, and then probably Cincinnati. The fourth team there I think could surprise some people. I I think D.C. United could be that team that could creep up into four. So that would be – Wow. That's You know what? I'm going to write that down. I'm going to write that down. I'm I'm telling you, Edwin's prediction here, you know, so we got – I got what? Nashville – Okay, Nashville, Philly. All right, but Cincy, what is your NBC. is it is this like your is this like your top four right now? How do you see the top four teams as right now, or how you see it finishing? That's how I see it finishing. That's how I see the okay. season finishing. That top four there that I gave you, uh, just based on how these teams are playing right now, how other teams are playing as well, and just looking at what these teams are made of. You know, the kind of players that they have. Do I do I have faith in? in their coaches, you know, this, that's why I'm not putting in her Miami right there. Now, if Messi shows up and we get a new coach, hey, I'm not going to, you know, I'll make amendments here. Yeah. But I, I just, I like, I, I'm, I'm buying in what DC's doing. I'm buying into Penteke, like really settling in mm. as that guy, Klitsch, uh in the mid, Rooney's doing a great job. Uh, I, I think that's a team that was, you know, being laughed at earlier. Now they're playing really well. And again, Philly, man, like we, we were sleeping on Philly cause they had a rough go, but, they got all that pressure off. They're not in the cup runs. They're not in any of that stuff. They're just like, yo, we're just going to focus on the season and bring their A game. They're going to be a force. Nashville, maybe last night losing to Inter-Miami, 
kind of even solidified that even more that why I think they'll be number uh-huh. one in the East because they're just that Nashville team is so good and that 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 you know it Nashville's your favorite city. You know, that the vibe there at Geodis yeah. Park is just fantastic. Geodis, so, yeah. so good. Yeah, I, that's that's my top four. I don't know. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I mean, I just on Nashville, Hani Mutar, 13 goal contributions total in 14 matches. He got eight goals and, and five assists. They only have 19 goals on the season. So yeah. as of right now, I have it shaping out as my top four right now is different from my, how I see my top four being at the end of the season. So my top okay. four right now has Cincinnati, has Nashville, has Philadelphia in it like you do. But I also have Atlanta in there because I think right Ooh. now with the squad that they have, mm-hmm. they are a top four team as long as they're healthy. I think okay. they're a top four team as long as they're healthy. They're missing a couple players, I think, too, due to the U-20 World Cup. So uh, obviously there's there's some factors there. But I think when healthy and when they have their starting 11, Atlanta is a top four team in the East. But okay. with that being said, moving down the road, if you're going to ask me who my top four is at the end of the season. I want the end of the season one here. Give it to Atlanta me. Will right not be in, Atlanta will not be in the top four because okay. Atlanta will lose players. Atlanta will lose Tiago Amato for sure. Like I am confident of it. Okay. Um, so I think barring some surprise, because we haven't really heard much talk about this, but barring some surprise that Hani Mukhtar moves in the summer. I mean, he's playing phenomenal again. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. possible, but I don't see it happening. I got like a good um, feeling he's going to stay. I don't know. It just doesn't I seem do like too. he'd be the guy to leave. I do too. So barring anything happening to Hani Mutar, I have Cincinnati, Nashville, Philadelphia, and New England holding those top four spots. Um, I, I just don't, when I look at all the other teams in the East, DC has been good, but I, I don't see them doing or, or being enough to, to, hike into that top four Orlando hasn't shown me anything I think the only outside sleeper that that could be in that top four that isn't there right now that could finish strong is Columbus because I love Wilford Nancy as a coach yeah but I think I think New England will end up being consistently good throughout the season they're a solid team I don't think mm-hmm. Atlanta will be there because I think that they're going to lose players yeah and obviously I, I just think I think Philly I think Philly, Nashville, and and Cincinnati are the best three teams. So you think since he's gonna ru- finish out number one in the East, you're gonna they're gonna ride it out. They're well, gonna I, relinquish that. I don't necessarily. I think it's between Cincy and Na- Nashville. No, 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 no. You right gotta now? pick one. You gotta pick one. I wrote it down as you as Cincy. Uh, I need official. I just, I'm just giving you. Here. <laughs> I'm just giving you my top four in the East. I'm just giving you my top four in the East. All right, all right. Subject to change. Okay. Well, I'm giving you yeah, my so definitive Edwin's uh, final four yeah. in order. I'm giving you Nashville, Philly, Cincinnati, and DC is going to be my my mm-hmm. my number four, rounding out my top four. So, I like it though. Yeah, I, I like your. Yeah. I, I agree with you with your selections. I, I think you. I, the only one that I'm a little suspect on. I'm, I'm I'm just seeing it now. I've been a little suspect on them all season. Is New England? Um, they lost. They do. I just don't see another team in the East that's even shown the quality that. Yeah. New England has shown at all this season. Like, I think while they may not be, like, I think they're probably in the middle of the pack. I think they're just the best of the middle of the pack. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, last question here on this. Out of the teams outside of the, the playoffs right now, we got New York, mm-hmm. both New York teams, Miami, Montreal, Chicago, and Toronto riding dead last year. Any of those teams feel like they could make even a threat to, I'm not even going to say top four, just like a serious threat to to make you know climb up the standings a little bit here, or are you gonna are we starting to see that separation that this is just you know the bottom six teams here are just not that good? I think this may surprise a lot of people. Oh, I think the Red Bulls okay. may actually find themselves. They've looked better since they've fired Struber, and it seems like the whole team is at peace with the whole Van Zier situation okay. and everything that's happened there. They're a better team when Van Zier is on the field. They played terrific last night against Cincinnati and almost got a win if it weren't for penalties. Mm-hmm. Um, if they didn't, you know, if they, they they hung with them through 120 minutes and then got bounced Fair. on penalties. Fair. Yeah. I think that they're starting to show more that they can, you know, stick around and 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 I, I think that they could maybe bounce into that 
middle, like maybe like five, six, seven region. Okay. They but, were top four last season, right? They were number four. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. But, and they should be better than they are right now. They're, they're, they, they're not scoring any goals. They're playing great defense. They have given up the second least goals goals out of any team in, in the, in the MLS, but they've also scored the least goals in the MLS. So wow. if they can figure out how to put the ball in the back of the net, which has been a major problem for them, they'll, I think they'll climb up the table. Whoa. I had not noticed that they've only scored 10 goals this season. Yeah. What? Yeah. In 14 yeah, games, 10 goals. That's it. Oh man. Wow. Not yeah. Great. That could be a team that if they pick it up, that defense is solid. Yeah, man. I but I mean, if you look that. at their, if you look at the recent form in all competitions, yeah, they again, they will will count. You know, they lost in they lost in in penalties, but yet. essentially a tie, they, is what they would have ended up with in in regular play, um, in MLS play. So they've been undefeated okay. now in five games. They and and other than they lost to Philly one nothing, and then they tied Chicago one one before that. So, you know, it 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 they they've been keeping, they've only given up. Let's see. They've only given up more than one goal once this season. The entire season, they've only given up. Yeah, they've only given up goal. twelve all season. So, yeah. so giving up less than a goal a game. Yeah, defensively, very, very sound. Very. Offensively, they haven't found a forward who can score. And Van Zier was supposed to be that guy, and then everything yeah. happened with Van Zier, and now here we are. Okay. Um, again, aside from all the off the field stuff, we'll see if he can figure it out on well, the field and, and be their answer. He scored the game tying goal last night, so we'll see. But that's my that's my team. That's your red horse team there, the Red Bulls. Yeah. The Red Bulls, there? the Red Horse. Teams, yeah. <laughs> all right, that's yeah. I I have to agree with you. Toronto's super disappointing though, right? Can oh. we just can we just like just I, well, I, we need to talk about Toronto. Yes, so let's let's talk about that. They've been awful. Yeah. Um, you know, that we posted uh comments from Bob Bradley last week on um the team's form and he claimed, you know, he 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 goes on to say basically like oh, you know, teams have these this type of form all the time, blah blah blah. Let's just put it this way. Toronto's won two games all season and has only won one since March 25th. Really? They've only won one game since March 25th. They have Bernadeschi and they have Lorenzo, Lorenzo. Insigne in their team. Yep. That should never be happening. They have Sean Johnson and goal, who's been, honestly, I've seen some Toronto, has been wildly underperforming compared to how he was in New York City FC, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so they've had a lot of troubles. For, he lost uh, back-to-back Canadian derbies. And and Bernadeschi, this is a little bit of a longer one than the Phil Neville one, but um, Bernadeschi had some comments on the way they've been playing and I guess kind of why they haven't been succeeding. Um, so we'll we'll share that now. We 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 don't we don't play. We play long pass. We don't play. We don't have idea to play. But uh, I, I'm proud of my team because uh, every 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 player put everything in the field and this is the most important for me but unfortunately we uh, we we lose the game uh, again uh, and uh, this is for me uh, is no good uh, i'm i'm uh, sincerely because uh, i think this thing, uh this city the fans everybody don't deserve this uh, and uh, i think uh, Maybe uh, we need to uh, to change something. Uh, we need to a little bit more tactics. We need to an idea uh, how how we play because uh, this is uh, the real problem for me. It's impossible to play like this when uh, when we 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 play without idea. This is the this is the big 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 uh, problem for me. So basically, throughout the whole thing, he basically says, and he says this a couple times during the press conference uh, after their loss to Austin uh, last week, uh, he basically is like calls out the fact that they don't have any tactics. There's no ideas on the pitch. They're kind of just out there playing. They don't really get any any idea of how they're supposed to play. They don't train how they're supposed to play. So basically calling out Bob Bradley um, for his lack of tactics. 
Calling um, him out without calling him out because he says we need to change something. What I'm really sure he meant was we need to change someone. You know, that's yeah, probably yeah. what he wanted to say. But oh, and 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 so you know they've been an absolute mess. I I, I want to ask you about this real quick. We'll hit this and we'll hit out a couple things before we get to League MX. Um, Greg Vaney over at LA Galaxy kind of been the same way. They have yeah. talent. Ricky Pooj, Chicharito. Uh, you know, just uh, some very talented offensive players. But they also have been struggling. They've been struggling this entire season. Yeah. When you hear the comments from Bernadeschi, when you see what the fans are saying about LA Galaxy in general and how upset they are and the fact that LA Galaxy has been the worst team out of any team in all of MLS points-wise, Greg Vaney or Bob Bradley, who goes first? I think... As hard as it is, I mean, yeah, we're talking about two previous MLS Cup champions, uh, one recent MLS Cup champion in Toronto, uh, both sitting at the bottom, bottom, bottom of their respective conferences. Uh, LA Galaxy has an, a slight out because, one, they're still in the Cup, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open Cup, which is kind of like they're falling into that Phil Neville territory. You know, where it's like, I, you can't can me. I'm, I'm, we're we're going to win the Cup. They're They're focusing on it, you know. Ricky Pooch out there still playing. Um, they had Chicharito injured for a part of the season, but I think unfortunately, unfortunately, the one who's going to go first, I think it's going to have to be Bob Bradley. He's going to be the one. Just that team, Toronto, you spent a lot of money, two of the most expensive players in MLS. Uh, after the salary reveal last week, we made a post on it um, in Bernadeschi and, and Insigne. Like, there's a lot of money being thrown out there. And when your guy, when you're one of your main guys who's proven, Bernadeschi's proven to be a great MLS fit. He's come in. He's played fantastic. He scored goals last season. They almost made the playoffs last season. I think they, after starting off bad, they came back and almost made it. Um, they were Toronto this season with, with that collection of players and stuff. They're just not performing at all. And now you have this guy going out there and basically saying, we need to change something, someone. It's got to be the coach. And labeling all the problems like man that was a big reveal that that press conference or that video there was very telling and if you're a toronto fan uh if your ownership you're watching it you're seeing it that's that's one of your main guys out there saying like yo we have no direction no leadership no tactics no everything not even it hasn't even it at inner miami as bad as it's been nobody's come out and said those things publicly about phil neville yeah. none of the players have so yeah, that's that's as, as panic, ring the alarm, Toronto, Bob Bradley, adios, man. Especially after the week before coming out and saying, like, oh, trust the process, you know, like we're other teams and are in similar positions, not bro. Sorry, man. Yeah, I, I think so. I agree that I, I think it seems that he's lost the locker room a little bit. That's Ooh, a term yeah. we use a lot in sports. Lost the locker room. It seems like he's lost the dressing room a little bit in terms of players coming out and saying that they don't agree with his tactics or his style or whatnot. But I am going to go with Greg Vaney purely Ooh. on the fact that I think Bob Bradley gets a little bit longer of a leash because he's a proven coach across all of whatever. Uh-huh. He's been around a while. Like, I, I think, you know, like if it, if it was Bruce Arena, I'd say the same thing. Like, these guys have been around and they just tend to get longer leashes. Greg yeah. Vaney, on the other hand, is dealing with an LA Galaxy team that when they came into the season were not very, were not ready to be good. They, there was a lot of turmoil around it. They haven't performed well. Um, they have a, the stature of LA Galaxy. Like, Toronto is a very big team, but LA Galaxy is on a whole nother level in terms of their history. And everything, and Chris Klein is fighting for his job right now because he's come out and publicly said, "If we don't reach our goals, we I will step down." Yeah. So he has to make a decision not only for the team but for his own future. And so I think eventually Greg Vaney ends up going, but I could also, you know, I understand the, the Bob Bradley side because I think you know it does seem like he's lost the dressing dressing room a little bit. Yeah. I, but, I, I, um, I see your point. I see your point. I still think it's just I haven't seen Chicharito or Ricky Pooch come out and, and just call out all yeah. the problems on the team in front of uh, in front of reporters. That's just wow. Really, really. It's take it. Take it. Take a second. If you recalled any other time in any other sport where a guy, one of your best players comes out and says, yeah, we have no direction, no creativity. Yeah. We don't know how to practice. 
uh, we need to change something. Like, he, man, it wasn't just one thing. Like, oh, you know, we could improve on this. No, he's like, mm-hmm. yeah, I got a list here. And that's, yeah. ouch, man. Hard times for Toronto. But for man. sure, for sure. No, yeah, it's, um, there's a lot of trouble. There's a lot of trouble over there. That's for sure. Um, let's quickly now go through our, uh, we got standout performers of the week and games of the week, uh, games of the upcoming week. Uh, so let's first hit standout performers of the week. Who's your standout performer of the week, Edwin? I'm going a little different. Normally, I want to, my standout performer or performance is in a positive light. I'm going to change it up a little bit today and I'm going to give you, you know, in a, in, a, in a slightly negative because. I was watching last night a dramaless uh, El Clasico, uh, El Trafico last night. There was nothing in there. LAFC rolled out their B team completely there. They just they said, yo, we're not focused on on the cup here. LA Galaxy had Chicharito starting. They had Ricky Pooch. They had all their guys. And last night, Ricky Pooch scores the second goal of the game to make it. It was a 2 nothing win for LA Galaxy. And it was a nice goal. He weaved through a couple of guys there and finished on the goalie there and everything like that. Great for Ricky. Good, good job there. But I'm calling out this celebration. This you can't do this, bro. You can't. This is what like this is what those like Sunday soccer guys do, you know, when they when they scored a goal against, you know, some some, you know, I don't want to uh, some non-athletic guy at goal you know what i mean like you just weave through some guys and then he he runs off he takes his jersey off and he starts holding it up like this and he's getting carried I'm like yo you like what's wrong with you and you're doing it against like your biggest rival against their b team like the optics on this whole situation were so bad so so bad ricky pooch i need you to do that in the regular season my friend that's what i need i had a lot of hopes on you i wanted you to do these things don't be doing this on the, uh, no oh my god it was just such a bad look such a bad look and he's folded it up like he's messy like bro come on man back down to earth man i'm sorry bro not cool not cool that's my non standout performance that that was so bad it outshadowed everything that was good this weekend <laughs> yeah i i mean not not a not a great look from uh not oh. not a great look from 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 especially since they were playing a B team, but I, I don't know. I, yes. I, I don't know. There's nobody I, in the crowd. Know. Like it was, there there's was nobody nothing. in the crowd. Yeah. Oh. Like do, do, do it in like a big moment. And like, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, um, bro. And you know, we like Ricky, you know, we both have, we do have, we do. We, we, we're on the Ricky train here, but come on, bro. Not, for not, me, not, not smart. <laughs> for me, I'm going to actually stick on the U S open cup track as well. Because okay. we haven't given it much love. So I'm going to, Give my standout performer to a guy who had a hat trick this weekend. Nice. Uh, or this week, this, yeah, last night. Corey Baird for Houston. He had a hat trick for them in, in a match against Minnesota, uh, a game that Houston won 4 nothing. absolutely just drubbed Minnesota. Um, again, I mean, listen, it's U.S. Open Cup, but I think you score a hat trick in any match, no matter what it oh. is, that's a big deal. And yeah. uh, so I'm going to give my standout performer of the week to him because, uh, you know, just Houston – just dominated for the first time all season, really dominated an opponent. Uh, and it was largely thanks to him. So that's why I'm giving it to him. You know what? Had Ricky Pooch scored a hat trick last night, and that was his celebration after the third goal. Okay, a hat trick? Yeah, a brace? No, 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 no. And this wasn't even any of that. This was one goal in a 2 nothing win. You know, like, come on, bro. Get out of here. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> Let's move forward now. Let's go to games of the week. Yeah. Uh, games of the upcoming week, I should say. Uh, what is your game of the upcoming week, Edwin? Oh, I'm having a little trouble. I got a couple uh, circled on my calendar here. There's, God, how do I pick? Because one is like for the wrong reasons, and one is like because it's actually a good matchup. Uh, the one that I had for the wrong reasons is the Toronto DC because I'm I'm hyping up DC. I'm on DC's train here, but I think Toronto. Like, come on, after after you go out there, call out your coach, call out the tactics. I'm curious to see. That's got to be. I want to see how they answer to that. You know what I mean? Um, could that final uh, is is Bob Bradley gonna walk out at halftime like Vontae Davis did in the NFL that one time? You know, after yeah. getting crushed. Like, is he just gonna go? All right, I'm out. You know, and then just like just disappear. But yeah. I think the actual best game to watch. Which again, we get two Sunday games. We get a a, a, a matinee at three p.m., but then the evening game uh, on Sunday night is to me. I think that's going to be the best game. Nashville, who I'm hyping up a lot oh, at do. home against Columbus, a good Columbus squad. Who's Columbus is fighting? 
They got something to fight for. Columbus pulls mm-hmm. this off and they win this game. That's a big, big win for them. You know what I mean? Big win. So, but it's going to be a challenge. I want to see that. Uh, one last little bit on Nashville. I forgot to mention while I was watching the game last night was really cool uh, for personally for me. So there's a guy on Nashville, Fafa Picault, right? He mm-hmm. plays for Nashville. Yeah. I watched Fafa play for the Fort Lauderdale Strikers years ago in the old NASL, okay? Because he's a local uh-huh. kid from here. I think he went to Killian or I forget what high school he went to around here. Um, and I watched Fafa play for the Strikers over here. Coincidentally enough, at that on the same grounds where he was playing last night, that was the old where the old uh, Fort Lauderdale Strikers uh, Lockhart Stadium used to be. They tore it down to build this whole complex over there for Inner Miami. So I thought that was really cool that years ago I saw him as a young kid playing for the local mm-hmm. team to now come back as one of the stars of Nashville playing back, you know, on the same grounds. I thought that was really, really cool uh, for him. So again, Nashville, a lot of a uh, lot of a uh, lot of lot of hype there, and I'm curious to see because also that's the last game of the match week. All eyes on you. Mm-hmm. Let's deliver. All so eyes on I'm, you. I'm yeah. good with Nashville. I like that game. What about you? I am going to go. I, the DCU Toronto one is is a good shout. I like that one. I yeah. am going to go with. Houston versus Austin, and I'll tell you why. Another derby. Austin's kind of been figuring it out a little bit recently. Yeah, they have. They've 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 kind they've been stringing it together a little bit. They're still at the bottom of the table, but I'm wondering if this is the breakout. This is the breakout part of the season where they get to the point where they're scoring goals and and performing at the level that we've expected them to at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, They seem to be kind of finding a little bit of their stride, a little bit kind of settled in. And this could be a big jump and a big jolt moving forward. They got the win last weekend against Toronto. Now they have an opportunity to go to go against Houston and and beat them. And then if they get all three points, things go their way. All of a sudden, they're in five or six in the table. You yeah. Know? So um, this is the, I think it's a big game for Austin. I think it's also a big game for Houston too because this is an opportunity for them to prove that they're better than everybody thought they would be. So I, I think it's going to be a fun match. It's not necessarily the one that stands out on the card when you look at it, uh, yeah. when you look at the, the the weekend. But for me, I think that's one to watch out for because it's going to tell us a lot about both of those teams. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the, the 9 and 10 going at it, you know, mm-hmm. in a derby-style game there, both battling for Texas. I think that's a, that's, that's a solid, solid pick there. Also, can we just agree MLS is better when – Austin is playing well. Like it's that stadium yeah. at Austin, that Verde, the green lights, so mm-hmm. awesome. I know this game is in Houston, so but when Austin is playing well and you start seeing them and and they're feeling it, man, that crowd is fantastic. I'm dying to go check out a game over there. So, yeah, solid, great game there. Well, yeah, and I think there's a realistic chance that they could uh, that Austin could catapult themselves into a, a, a higher up spot that finds maybe sixth or seventh. Um, you know, if they get yeah. a win this weekend. So we'll definitely be interesting. Um, let's move on now. We've talked enough about MLS. We have to touch on League MX, um, Edwin's favorite segment. Um, oh, yeah. We haven't, it, it, the, the semifinals have taken place. They've yes. been completed. I got both of them wrong. Edwin got one right. We had Woo! two upsets. One and Tigres one. And, Tigres and Chivas <laughs> both win. Um, I just, I think, shocking. From Tigres, I mean, obviously, Shiva's probably had a little bit better of a chance against Club America. I'm not sure many people with everything that's happened with Tigres this season thought that Tigres would be the team that would be in the final, but here we are. Um, I have to ask you, though, before we get into the final and into in terms of who we think will win and, and how we think that it'll shape out, the losses. Who was it more disappointing for, Monterey or Club America? Oh, I want part of me says Club America because you lost to your biggest rival and the the history there. But then it's hard to overlook Monterey having such a dominant season. And then all of a sudden, just, you know, just losing like that. You know what I mean? When you when you're that when you're the number one seed and you're you've been playing so dominant all season, you it wasn't till the end of the season that you they had their little slip up. You know, and then all of a sudden, like, oh, will it affect them going into the playoffs? Obviously did, you know, and mm-hmm. that's super disappointing because Monterey was was very, very, very good. I think that one, I'm going to go with the Monterey one just because, again, you were first place. Uh, uh, you, everybody was hyping you up, uh, myself included, and 
just mm, yeah, disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah, yeah. I, as much as I know that there's the Club America Chivas, the rivalry behind it and and the history behind it, but Monterey was having such those those two teams. I felt like Club America Chivas were closer than the Monterey Tigres. I thought Tigres was really more on the bottom end of of the four teams of the final four. I'd have them at four, where Monterey was the mm-hmm. clear one, and that was an upset. That was a, a big upset for me. So I'll, I'll go with the uh, with Monterey losing as the bigger upset or bigger disappointment. I I'm going to take the other side. I mean, I I guess also probably because I felt like Club America could win it all. Um, yeah. I felt you know they go up one nothing on the road. They they take mm-hmm. the one nothing lead on the road, and then they come back home and they just put an absolute stinker of performance together. They lose three one to their rivals at the Azteca. Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, it obviously showed because Fernando Ortiz, their coach, resigned right yeah. after or after the loss. I mean, it, it was not good with the team that they had and with the players that were with with the the teams that were left. I mean, Club America, a one nothing lead, going back to your home match in the second leg. Like, there's no reason you should lose that, and yeah. um, they just kind of fell apart and they did not look good, and it, you know, it, it showed, and that's why I think I'm I'm going with club America as, as the bigger disappointment because partially because I thought they would win ball, but two because of the way they performed at home rather than, you know, I mean, obviously Monterey had it at home as well, but Monterey didn't lose three, one at home. They had a, you know, they had a, and they were already down one, nothing going into the second leg. Club America was up one, nothing and still managed to lose it, even though they had the home leg still to go. So, yeah. um, I guess when you tweet, I mean, you make a great, you make a better point than I did. I'll give you that. So you'll get the win on that one. Who's the bigger disappointment between you and I today on the Liga MX segment? Me. Uh, You definitely came strong there with the the better points. I mean, yeah, you're losing at home after being up one nothing on the road. Yeah, that's as bad as it gets right there to your rival. But Mm. I'll I'll stand by my Monterey pick. I to me that it's losing at 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 home and and the the way Club America did that Monterey did that. All season, you know, you couldn't have done it, and they yeah. did it at the worst time. Uh, can we just have a a moment of silence for for Lizzie, our 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 good friend, our colleague? Uh, let's just have a, a moment of silence for Club America and Santos, and the fact that her biggest rival is going to be in the final. Um, let's just. I'm sorry, it's disappointing. Thank you, thank you. All right, thank you. Sorry, Lizzie, we're with <laughs> you. We 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 send our love, and uh, uh, she's got it. We got to reach out to her and ask her who she's going for, mm-hmm. because now that, I mean, is she going to go? For I would Tigres? imagine. No, I'd yeah. imagine she'll go for Tigres. Or is she going to boycott like the final and be like, "Nah, I ain't supporting." May, may boycott the final. May boycott right. the final. Um, speaking of the final, let's wrap it up with this. Who do you have winning it all in the final? How do you oh man, shaping out. Oh, this was tough because you got Tigres pulling off the big upset, beating the number one team. But my disdain for Tigres doesn't stop in the final. It's going to continue. I've picked against them every round of the playoffs. I've picked against them all season. Um, so I think they're going to win. Because <laughs> I'm picking against them. I'm going to go Chivas as my official pick. But if you're listening to me and you're listening to this segment, then and you want to make some money, probably go the other way. If you're if you're a betting man. Because, you know, not that I've given out professional betting advice here. Don't come back at me. I'm just saying. Just... Looking at the stats here, every time I pick against Tigres, they win. But I'm going to continue that this week. I think I'm going with Chivas. I think that, based on the great points that you made about what an awesome upset it was, I think it has all the makings for a great final, and I think Chivas will pull it off. So I, I just so everybody knows, the first game match, there's two legs to this final. The first match takes place on tomorrow at 10 p.m. The second match takes place on Saturday at is it Saturday? Yeah, sat, or excuse me, Sunday at nine thirty-five PM. So those are two matches to watch out for. Um, I'm going to go T Grace. That's what I'm going to do. Ooh. I picked against. I'm going to use your your theory here. I picked against them the entire time. I'm going to go that they're going to get the upset. They're going to go up. You know, they're going to get a you know get a win here in the first leg at home. They'll be able to hold on on the road and uh, and take home the trophy, which would just be ridiculous based on how their season has gone. But that's what I'm going. <laughs> I think they've had three coaches this season. They've had three coaches this season, I think, and they've still managed to figure out how to how to how to how to grab a trophy. So yeah, not dude. too bad. That coaching carousel in Liga MX is legit, man. 
they know yeah. how to just yeah well sure playoffs about to start yeah let's make a switch let's go so <laughs> makes sense well but solid you show got anything bro, solid on, show solid show for sure you got anything <laughs> else you want to you want to touch on i feel like we touched on a lot now we did touch on a lot uh no i got i i feel like i got all my i exhaled on all my mls drama of the week ricky pooch my biggest disappointment i still love you still love you brandon Vasquez, i want to see more i want to see more i still love you too i still love you too okay and uh Let's go. Uh, let's go, DC United this weekend. I'm curious to see what the next press conference is going to be for these Toronto guys. Like, yeah. if 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 Toronto loses and Bernadeschi doesn't come out and say it's that guy's fault, you know, it just points at the coach. Like, then <laughs> they're missing an opportunity, man. So they got to jump oh, on man. that. So I'm all for it. But hey, great show, man. Uh, remember, everybody, follow us at Twitter, 90 Min underscore US, and uh, at TikTok and Instagram at 90 Minute underscore USA. So give us a follow, 90minute.com slash US. Get all the content, all the editorial uh, preference that or all the editorial love that you want is all there. So check out our great staff and everybody's working really hard. And uh, follow the the socials, man. We'll be doing some traveling this weekend. We'll be at a, we'll be at a Bundesliga game this yeah, weekend. We'll be in Germany, yeah. Yeah, man. In so Germany. it's going to be a good time. So yeah, we got a lot be, of cool stuff coming up. Yeah, stay tuned. Like you said, a lot of good stuff coming up. We're going to be on the ground for a lot of stuff, so that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think you covered it all. That's it. That about wraps it up. Do it. We will. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Peace.